Welcome to the NBA Front Office Show, bringing you inside rumors and transactions around the league with your hosts, Keith Smith and Trevor Lane. Brought to you by LakersNation.com and CLNS Media. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the NBA Front Office Show. Sorry we were off for, well, I guess a couple of weeks there. We had a massive technical meltdown. It was one of those gut punch moments where we Keith and I recorded an entire show and then turned out that it didn't record the way we thought it did. It was the not the best show we've ever it was, done. It too. was amazing. Oh, it was the Fireworks greatest podcast of all time. Yeah, it was going to be the one that put us on the map forever and always. Uh, oh, well. We will try Such to recreate that magic <laughs> here today. But uh, Joining me, Keith Smith uh, from Yahoo, Real GM, and, of course, Celtics blog. Today we're talking Celtics and Phoenix Suns. Keith, we're going to have to bounce back here from the, the devastating loss of, of the greatest pod ever recorded. Yeah, we'll, we'll we'll get there though. You know, we call a couple interesting teams here to talk about, and ho- hopefully we can bring the the ire and anger we had towards the Suns in the <laughs> utter confusion. Because you know what though, the good thing is it's only been a week, and I'm no less confused about Phoenix than than I was. But but let's start it in the probably maybe more interesting team to you and I's followers, Absolutely. the the Boston Celtics. Sound good? Yep, let's do it. Let's dive right in. In fact, Keith, this is this is like your time to shine here. This is your day. It's Boston Celtics Day, so so have at it. And I get to hate on the Suns a little, but I don't actually (laughs) hate the Suns. But all right, yeah, no Celtics. So here's where we're at. Little reset for the Celtics as we get into everything. Uh, Zero salary cap space left. They were a cap space team this summer. Somewhat surprisingly, I don't know that people expected that to be the way it went. But they used the bulk of that cap space to sign Kemba Walker. Then they used their room exception to add Ennis Cantor. A little bit of cap mechanics to add a couple other players that we'll talk about as we get into this. And then so they're out of space out of exceptions they pretty much are the roster i think you're looking at there a couple guys will go into camp fighting for the last roster spot but that's where it is they are uh as far as players they lost a lot of movement here with boston so hang with me mm-hmm. as i go through this they lost al horford Kyrie Irving, a couple of key starters there aaron baines marcus morris terry rogier so that's five major rotation players for Boston that are out the door. Those guys are arguably, they could have made up a fairly decent starting five, at least in the Eastern yeah. Conference. Five guys they lost, and then some end-of-the-bench guys. Jonathan Gibson, uh, also out the door. Gershon Yabaselli, who they waived in the middle of Summer League. That's how little he had shown at that point. And then both of their two-way players, P.J. Dozier and R.J. Hunter, all gone. So, you know, major losses for the Celtics up and down, but in my opinion, and I'm curious to get your I think they rebounded quite well because the guys they brought in, Kemba Walker and Ennis Cantor, those are kind of being pit painted as the Horford Kyrie replacements and it's not entirely wrong but it's not entirely correct either as I think we'll talk about a little bit at the draft they added a bunch of guys Romeo Langford Grant Williams in the first round they traded their second first round pick out and they got Carson Edwards in the second round they gave Edwards one of the more uh, rich contracts for a second rounder as they they signed him and then they added um and and I've been butchering this poor guy's name I've been calling him Poirier because because I'm an American but it's uh, Vincent uh, 
Poiwa, I think is how you're supposed to say that. Poirier, or uh, I don't know. Well, Poi-wa. See that that right now is that that's already the silver lining of us losing the last right? show. We get to hear you try to say this name a few yeah, more I times. Yeah, I know exactly. <laughs> I, I my hope is by the time this guy plays a meaningful minute for the Celtics, I've got it down. And then I uh, added two way players, Max Struess and uh, Tremont Waters, who is their fourth uh, draft pick in the draft. Javante Green got a uh, partially guaranteed deal, and then Taco. Ball. Everybody's favorite player from Summer League <laughs> coming in on a non-guaranteed camp deal for a chance to to uh, compete and make the roster. And then they re-signed Daniel Tice as well. So the Celtics, you know, a very uh, yeah, big offseason, a lot of changes, a lot of movement there. That's, that's roughly half the roster swapped in and out. Uh, then just to kind of reset who's left from last year, Jalen Brown, Gordon Hayward, uh, Semi Ojale, who is now fully guaranteed. Marcus Smart, Jason Tatum. I said they re-signed Tice. They re-signed Brad Wanamaker and then Robert Williams last year's first-round picks. That is it. That is the Celtics roster for the most part. So a lot of change going on. In busy, Boston. busy offseason. Keith, let me let me put this out there in the universe right now because you know the Lakers. We just talked about them on the Lakers Nation podcast. Just lost to Marcus yeah. Cousins. Yep. They could probably use a center. So if if Taco <laughs> right. ends up becoming free by by any means necessary, if he winds up free of the Celtics somehow, if if they decide to let him go, it feels like a natural fit for him to slide over to Los Angeles, and then we can officially have Taco Tuesday. Oh my God! Can you imagine? <laughs> it would be a I'm now miss like Mission Tortilla Company or whoever it For is that makes. Reasons they'd, only oh, they they'd have to link up with Taco and LeBron and Anthony Davis. And and I'll tell you what, it would add that that would just rip the heart out of Celtics fans oh. at this point. They love this. This guy might be. I'm not even exaggerating. He might be the most popular player on the roster the, the today. The summer league were amazing. Insane. And did you see? Guys, did you see the guys dressed up like like yes. tacos? <laughs> yeah, it was crazy. Yeah, it was, it was absolutely nuts. And, you know, there's there's a picture that just started making the rounds of him. Uh, he's grabbing a rebound to go up for a putback dunk, and he's not even – his he's – uh, flat-footed oh, yeah. on the floor while two other players are both you know at the height of their jump and it's just it's just ridiculous he was uh he was so much fun but let, let, let's talk a little bit about guys who yeah. you know probably going to have a little more impact on the the raw guys who are a little more guaranteed to sure. be on this roster i think going forward so i know you 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 had some some questions so I'll, given i'm the celtics guy let me fire him at me and then i've got a couple things i want to get your thoughts on as well yeah, so I'm looking at this roster, and when I see what they've done here, first of all, the Kemba Walker for Kyrie Irving, yet another example of the the sign and trade being brought back to life this year. I mean, it was we we basically didn't see them happening for years now because the yes. league rules changed, and now we see a Kemba Walker sign and trade with uh, with the as part of uh, the deal for Terry Rozier, Kyrie Irving going out, of course, to the Brooklyn Nets, and so Rozier goes over to the Hornets, and Kemba Walker comes into the Celtics. I think for the Celtics. To me, anyway, this is a really nice straight-across swap. You've got two guys who are not exactly the same, but at least similar enough to where they can probably use some of the same sets, some of the same plays that they ran for Kyrie. They can also run for Kemba. And if it's me, you know, not to say that Kyrie Irving's a bad dude or anything like that, but uh, he was a little bit of of a rain cloud on the team. So I feel like even if Kyrie Irving is the better player, I think Kemba Walker may end up improving the Celtics over Kyrie just based on the attitude and the the team culture. I think that's going to make a difference. Is that the general feeling in Boston right now, that even if the talent is somewhat similar, the attitude of Kemba Walker is going to make a bigger difference than than whatever gap between them may be? 
Yeah, that 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 it's the it's the feeling and the hope, right? That that's mm-hmm. where everybody wants to see. That's how it plays out. And and this has been my standard answer when asked, how are those two guys comparable? And I look at it and say, Kyrie is a better player in a vacuum. If you just compare the two of them straight up, Kyrie is the better player. That's just the, the reality. He's, he's won more. He's won at a higher level. Mm-hmm. All these things, and that's that's no no knock on Kemba Walker. It's just Kyrie's one of the when he's healthy and motivated and playing well, he's one of the maybe 10 best players in the NBA. Then Kemba's just a tier below that, which is is fine, right? That still means you're a really good player, max player, all those things. But fit matters a lot in the NBA, and Kyrie was not happy. Kyrie is also a very ball-dominant guy. So for guys like Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, Gordon Hayward, it was harder for them to get touches. That was a lot of what caused the issues in the locker room and even on the floor at times. And Kemba has become a very good off-the-ball player. That's something Charlotte has done right. more and more with him over the last few years where they have brought him – they have brought in other point guards to play alongside him. So he got very used to playing off-the-ball at times and has become a good spot-up player where Kyrie is not, – that's not his game. That's just not what he does is to, to do that – And then, as you said, just the overall happiness level, the fact that he wanted to be in Boston badly. It was he didn't take any other meetings. It was the Celtics. That was it. This is and I said this in the the now lost to the, you know, uh, (laughs) Star Waves show here is um, let's just stop with the tampering nonsense, because obviously there was some tampering going on there because, you know, we we knew what free agency opened at six o'clock on Sunday night on the East Coast. And we knew sometimes Saturday. It was it was like it was it was like 26 hours before free agency even started. It was out there. (laughs) So we we knew, you know, that's just funny. He just happened to be in Boston. What a surprise. That's where he was hanging out. Yeah, because guys are often going from Charlotte to Boston in the summer. Um, You know, so just let's stop with all this. Everybody does it. It's nonsense. It's, you know, it is what it is. If if you're going to crack down on it, crack down on it for real. If not, just just stop. But anyway, back to that. And it was Fran Fischillo who said Mm – Kemba showing up at the facility every day with a smile on his face and being ready to work is going to make a huge difference to this team because he really wants to be there. It was just, it was not a happy team. I saw it firsthand last year in Orlando. This was, uh, if you remember, they made the Florida trip and this was when Marcus Morris shoved Jalen Brown in the the huddle Mm -hmm. in Miami the night before. Then they played in Orlando the next day and that's where Kyrie snapped at Gordon Hayward because Hayward passed to Tatum for the final shot at the buzzer for the game winner instead of going to Kyrie and all heaven forbid and and Kyrie (laughs) called everybody out after the game in the locker room and then you know yeah they had their trip to you know the west coast where everything got right and everybody loved each other that lasted about a month and you know so it's just I think it's going to make a huge difference I think the fact that it looks like Kemba and Marcus Smart and Tatum and Brown are loving being around each other with Team USA it looks like all four of them have made Team USA from you know the way things are kind of starting to line up so I they think that's going to help as well you know with that and then i think they'll they'll have that experience you know go usa they'll you know hopefully bring home the FIBA world cup and then come back to boston have about a week off and get into it for training camp and ready to go so i think you know overall that's going to make a massive difference and that's you know that that's that's the feeling today and that's the hope so looking at the celtics on paper they're not quite as strong as they were last season but that's on paper and if you were to make an argument that they are actually better this season, I think part one of that would be what we just addressed, the chemistry difference between Kemba Walker and Kyrie Irving. And I think there's three there's three main arguments here. And the second one, and we'll get into the third one in just a minute, but the second one is Gordon Hayward 
We saw flashes from him towards the end of last season. How much are the Celtics banking on a healthier Gordon Hayward, or at least maybe a closer to the guy that they thought they were signing uh, from the Utah Jazz a few seasons ago, and then he had that unfortunate injury? Is Hayward getting closer to his true self, and is that do we see that happening for the Celtics this year? I think you have two things with Hayward. One is, I think, again, hope is that he's closer to the guy they thought they they signed. But I think they've kind of given up that he's ever going to absolutely be that guy. I I think that's that's kind of out the window. I I don't think there's ever any hope at this point, unless you're really shooting for the moon here, that Gordon Hayward will be a um, all NBA guy again. Because I just don't. I I think they've kind of let that go by the wayside. But I think what you're hoping for is now you have a better understanding of who he is and what he's able to do, and you're no longer hoping he's just going to come back and be a 20-point-per-game guy who can rebound and pass and defend and do all those things. I think now there's a resetting of, all right, well, here's how we can use him. I think this year could be a year where Gordon Hayward maybe averages a career high in assists. I think they're going to use him as the primary playmaker uh, for big chunks of games. I think you'll see him uh, really function in that role quite often where they'll that allow them to play Kemba off the ball. One of the things they, they loved to do with Isaiah Thomas was play him off the ball some. And I think Kyrie, just because that's not what he does, that, that really went away the last couple of seasons. And I think you'll get back to that with Hayward you know, doing a lot of the playmaking. And then then, of course, like I said, you have that hope that he really does get back and looks really good because what you're what you're banking on there is that Hayward really does have the Paul George experience where that second full year back, he is comfortable. He's just playing basketball again. There's no real uh, nothing in his mind about the leg. And, and he looks like the guy that, that really from March on looked really, really good for the vast majority of that time. He had bad games in there, but what's funny I found was, wait, so Kyrie has a bad game. Well, yeah, just a bad game, throw it out. Al Horford, bad game, throw it out. Tatum, bad game, throw it out. Hayward has a bad game. See, this guy sucks. Like, He's never going to be good again. It's like, right. no, like he's been good for two straight weeks. Like He had a bad game. Every player has a stinker yep. in there, but it was like his stinkers got magnified as he's just not good, and that, that's that's tough you know, to take. So I do think he's somebody they're counting on. There's been a lot of discussion of who starts. I think he'll start. I think that is uh, very um, much going to happen. I, I well, I know we're not to that point yet. We'll talk about that in a minute here, who we think the rotation guys will be. But I do think he'll be a starter in there just because I think that's going to help him. And I think it gives the offense their best possible balance as well if he's in the starting five. Yeah, I, I agree with that. And we'll, we'll talk about the more when we get to the starting five. But yeah, Gordon Hayward, if he can get anywhere close to where he was, that gives the Celtics a nice boost, gives them somebody that really they didn't have for most of last season. He did show flashes. And, and you know what the hope is that he does get back that whether you're whether even if you're a Lakers fan and you you despise the Celtics or regardless of what team you're a fan of you want to see players be healthy you want to see guys be able to go out there on the floor and perform to the best of their ability and so I know the fans around the league are certainly hoping that Gordon Hayward will get back to full health Um, that's when the league's at its best right is is when everybody is you know playing well so that's we hopefully we hope for as a basketball fan so the third part of the argument here that the Celtics are going to be actually better this season we've got Chemistry will be better without Kyrie Irving and replacing him with Kemba Walker. You've got the healthier Gordon Hayward. And the third piece is improvements from the young kids. And most specifically, you've got uh, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, them stepping up. Uh, yeah, they're, they're both going to be getting that experience with Team USA. You could argue that Marcus Smart, of course, is still a young player. A few other pieces in there, in there as well. But those are the two focal points. Uh, what do we hope to see from them from the Celtics' perspective? 
Yeah, I think things stagnated a little bit for them. I think they were the guys who got caught up more than anybody else in last year. This this year's Celtics team, it kind of bleeds into the chemistry piece, is they are maybe the prime example of addition by subtraction, where now those five guys that left, you really only brought in two guys who are, are assured of having a role. That's Walker and Cantor. Beyond that, the rest of the guys, they're going to have to earn it and fight for those those spots. So you know Tatum and Brown know now as much as anybody on this team, this is our team. We are the we are the present and future for this team. Excuse me, I hiccup there. Um, I'm getting all caught up, man. Like, <laughs> You're getting fired up about yourself, here. <laughs> so it's uh, you know, but no, for for with those guys. So I think you're hoping. Uh, what what I always look at was Jalen Brown. He was a mess to start last season, Mm -hmm. just a complete mess. Then the Celtics moved him to the bench. And I think at that point, Jalen Brown went through almost like a little bit of a renaissance of, you know what? I'm just going to play as hard as I can. I am going to hit that court like I am shot out of a cannon and off we go. And I am going to be running the floor. I'm going to make plays like that. Tatum, and he figured it out. Tatum is a guy who never really figured it out last year. And I think part of the reason why we saw all those bad shots, and this is where, you know, as a Lakers guy, you might not want to hear this, but everybody's like, stupid Kobe had to work with him, and I tell you, like, <laughs> terrible mid-range jumpers. You know, but it's, uh, it's you know, whether that was a factor or not, but I think the bigger factor was Tatum would sometimes go four or five possessions without a quality touch. Right. And then it was, I got to get a shot up here because now it's four or five possessions. I haven't had a quality touch, and I know I'm coming out of the game soon i'm gonna get a shot up and that leads to those 20 footers with a hand in his face and that's just not his game it's it's interesting i made a note of this and this is a plus of losing the podcast because i was able to see it in team usa he he spent all summer one of his big uh, focal points this summer was getting to the rim being stronger with the ball and playing through contact to try to increase that free throw rate well you saw that in in the, the most recent team usa scrimmage he went right in there on spain right through nba guys it was a uh, willie hernan gomez mm-hmm. empowered right through him for a dunk at the rim and an n one and that's what you want to see if if you're tatum he could add and i'm not you know uh going crazy because he's a very good free throw shooter he could add five points per game just out of free throw attempts this year if he if he shoots six seven more free throw attempts because he's about an 80 percent free throw shooter that's five points per game right there like you you could see him easily add and that's huge and then jalen brown you know more confidence i think again these guys know and i think everything's going to start to be last year where it was it all revolved around Kyrie, Kyrie and then Al Horford as kind of the secondary offensive piece. There now it's going to transition to Tatum and, and Brown as the primary guys. And that sounds weird with all NBA guy Kemba coming in, but I think Kemba knows and Kemba has said that repeatedly. Now people will kind of, well, it's the offseason, he's saying all the right things, but Kemba's not that kind of guy. Right, right, he's exactly. He's always said those kind of things. You know, even when he was in Charlotte, it was always about his teammates and he was pumping up whoever it was that he was teammates with. And I th- think that's going to be going to be a really big, important piece is the growth of those kids going forward. Yeah, and that's where the the loss of Kyrie Irving, look, it, it is a loss, right? I mean, he's a, yeah. an incredibly talented yeah. player, 
But there's always that that kind of silver lining that, that you can look to. And the silver lining for losing Kyrie is, is perhaps Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum take a step forward just because they're going to have a bigger role that they can take on. They're, they're not going to get yelled at for taking the last shot. Kemba Walker's not going to get in their face if Jason nope. Tatum takes a shot at the buzzer. That's not going to happen. So the yeah. team environment's going to change, and these guys are going to get some more opportunities. Um, Keith, are you ready to get into the, the starting five and, and how that's Well, I want to talk for a minute just about Al Horford because yes. that's the okay, loss that you can't. You can't. Right. They they didn't replace him. Cantor so is they, not Al Horford. No, he's yeah. absolutely not. Now, one of the things where the Celtics will 100% be better is rebounding. Cantor is one of the better rebounders right. in the league. Uh, Poirier? <laughs> I'm just going to call him Poirier. Cause Poirier it looks like Poirier. Yeah, Pope Borea, he that's Poy, what he Poy was Wong? going for. I don't know. We'll figure it out. Um, Poirier, for now, he looks uh, – that's what he did over in Europe was defense and rebounding. Mm-hmm. He's a good rim runner. He's good at slipping screens and getting to the bucket. So those are going to be big. Daniel Tice can do some things there. So I think they're going to be a better rebounding team uh, with, without Horford. For all of Horford's fantastic gifts, rebounding is not a strength. For him, it never has been, never will be. So, but what the, what they will miss is him as a playmaker. That'll be something that they'll miss because they ran a lot of the offense through him. You can't do that with Cantor. They don't have another big who can pass the ball quite the way Horford can because it's really Horford and Jokic are the two best passing bigs in the league for my money. Uh, I I don't count Ben Simmons in that mix if you want to. That's fine. You know, then put him he up plays there as well. Hard. But he, yeah, he's the primary ball handler for for that team. So you know, but Cantor's a better inside scorer than Horford is. He doesn't stretch the floor as well, but they've got enough guys who can do that. And Brad Stevens' teams have been kind of at their best when it's been what I think you would look at as a limited uh, big man and playing really a bunch of more wing-based players around the one big. And I think that's what you're going to see now. I would be surprised if you see many minutes where they have two bigs on the floor because, again, Horford could play both the center and power forward spot fairly well. I don't think they've got a guy who can do that. They're going to really be kind of counting on the, the maybe the best true power forward on the roster might be Grant Williams, the rookie out of out of Tennessee, mm-hmm. and may and then you're hoping Robert Williams develops into you know something there and can and can take minutes. So I think you're going to see a lot of lot of game where it's just one big uh, surrounded by a bunch of wings, and that's where Boston's been pretty good in the past. But I, I don't want to you know overlook it with Horford there. So let's let's go into the starting five unless you got some thoughts on the only thing i wanted to add in i just looked up real quick just to check and and confirm what i was thinking was that uh you know with horford going out the one again silver lining looking at that is that if they do have just one big on the floor that means we could see a faster pace being played Mm -hmm. by the celtics team particularly with jalen brown out there running uh with jason tatum carson edwards is fast as hell so getting him out there but the lake uh the the celtics were 16th last season in the NBA in pace. Yeah. So right right in the middle of the pack. So we could actually see some more high efficiency opportunities in transition without Horford out there. Again, he is a loss, but just looking at a, at a potential silver lining there. Yeah, and this team, you know, everybody's talking about how they might be terrible defensively, but they put together top 10, even top five defenses when the guys in the middle were Kelly Olenek, Tyler Zeller, and Amir Johnson. Now those guys are all good at things, but none of them would you call a dominant defensive big i think you're going to see them play a defensive scheme similar to what the portland trailblazers mm-hmm. played with Cantor. just drop him and let the other big shoot if you need to and then when he's not in there that's when you go to poirier and tice who are more mobile and can do some other things they're going to struggle against the joel and beads of the world but the joel and beads of the world is 
two, three guys maybe right. at most. There's not many. You know, and, yeah, and then they're just going to go super small and they'll they'll play around it as best they can. So I'm not too worried about that. I think they'll they'll cobble together a they there's in no chance do I think the Celtics have a worse than middle of the pack defense. If they're worse than middle of the pack, then I think that means everything went wrong and they're just not a very good right. team. So I think you're going to see them and I'm even willing to bet they're going to be a top 10 defensive team and just it'll just be a different way that they do it. So all right, start starting groups. So for me. St- okay, let me, oh, yeah, I'll throw in mine. Let me throw in mine okay, and I'll yeah, see cuz you're you're the Celtics guy. Let me throw in mine yeah, and yeah. see if you yeah, sure. see if you you agree yeah. with it here. Um yeah. and I think it's to me, it's pretty clear cut. Maybe you throw in Marcus Smart in here somewhere, but I've got Kemba, Hayward, Tatum, Brown, and Cantor as my as my starting five for the Celtics. I think using Jalen Brown at the power forward is the way to go, and I think that Gordon Hayward can hold things down at the two guard for the time being if he is a little bit healthier, like we've been been discussing. Yeah, I think I think the way to look at it is I look at everything through the way Brad Stevens thinks about positions. He calls them bigs, wings, and ball handlers. Mm-hmm. And yep. you've got Walker as your ball handler. Yep. Uh, Hayward, Brown, and Tatum are your your wings, and he'll also call them swings. They can do more than one thing. And then Cantor is the the, the one big. A lot of people are like, well, Smart's not going to start. I don't think he does because I think it's more important that you that you commit to to the uh, wing tree of Hayward, Tatum, and Brown together and then i think smart doesn't care he's he's been he's basically the same guy he's always been he'll be on the court in those closing minutes that are really important those high leverage minutes he's going to be out there he's going to get his 25 to 30 minutes a game no matter what Mm -hmm. so it doesn't matter whether he starts or not any one of those guys is down it's smart who probably slides in unless you really need somebody sizable and then i think off the bench you're you're You've got Smart, you've got Ojale, you've got Tice. Those are probably your kind of more main guys. I think you're hoping Grant Williams is ready for a role right away. I think, uh, you know, Poirier um, you're hoping for is, is is ready to go. And then I think you're hoping Robert Williams, maybe Carson Edwards, Romeo Langford, they grow into a role as the season goes. But I think those guys are more of a year or two away. They're, they're just depth guys for now. They're probably going to be on that uh, Boston to Maine shuttle quite a bit up to, right. to, the, to the Red Claws and the G League. So I think, you know, you're – but again, this team was at its best when Stevens had his eight, nine guys he could play regularly. And, you know, last year when it was 10 or 11 guys needed minutes, it just all fell apart and they weren't very good. So I think this is a better, again, group of play these guys, you know. And, and, and I think Walker's at the point where they'll aggressively rest him too. I think he's going to be a key load management guy this load season. management. Probably. <laughs> Probably Hayward to some extent. Yeah, right. It's the, the it's new the term. World we live in. Yeah, that's yep. it. Right, the world we live in now. So, yeah, I, I think that's where where we're gonna go with that. So, it sounds like we're pretty much on the same page yeah. uh, with that. So, let's go to over unders. Last sure. year they won forty nine games. Uh, current over under. I just checked, rechecked it this morning. Has not moved. Forty nine point five is the over under. So basically, you know, the betting sites are in agreement, same as last year. I'm going to go slightly over, just a little bit. I think that they're going to win 50-something games, and there's a combination of things. One, I think they might be a little bit better in the regular season. I don't know if they'll be quite as good in the playoffs, but in the regular season, I think they've got more than enough to be a good team. And I think the rest of the Eastern Conference has taken a little bit of a step back. Mm -hmm. I think it's a deeper Eastern Conference overall, but I think there's really only – 
three really good teams now, Milwaukee, Philly, and then I'm going to put Boston in that group. So that's why I think they're going to be a little bit over that. So I'll say 50, 51, 52 games, somewhere in that range. So just a little bit over. Yeah, I have have the same thoughts. Because they're in the East and because there are a few teams at the bottom of the, you know, the West, there's two teams. There's the Suns and the Grizzlies. Those are the only two teams that you can say are non-playoff teams. In the East, you've got, what, about five or so teams that you can say, okay, that's not a playoff team. So the Celtics have more opportunities to beat up on some of these, these weaker teams in the Eastern Conference. And as you mentioned, there's only a few teams that are really true contenders there too. So I think that uh, that ultimately I go over because of that and because of the chemistry improvement I think they're going to have this season sans Kyrie Irving. Yep. And then to close it out on the Celtics, thumbs up, thumbs down on the offseason. I'm going to give a slight thumbs up, which sounds a little weird <laughs> because of the guys that they lost. and But the only real key loss there, I think, is Horford. I think everybody else, they, they either replaced with you know, internal production and mm-hmm. guys stepping forward. I think Walker is, for all the reasons that we talked, a very viable Irving replacement. I've never been a big Terry Rozier guy, and I think they've got that position more than covered there with the guys that they've got. So I'm going to go with a slight, uh, just because I think you got to price in that Kyrie was gone. I think we all knew that from trade deadline at least forward i think we all felt like that was done the horford one that was that was you know that was the tough tough loss but the way they rebounded from it and came back i think they they're they're more than okay and they really set themselves up nicely for the future as well because they they've they you know managed to make they didn't take on a ton of bad money or you know throw good money after bad or anything like that so you know it's probably closer to a flat and even though we bring this up a little but i'm going to give it a slight uptick Okay, so I'm gonna do, I'm gonna kinda do the same thing. So I'm actually gonna go a slight down take. I think they actually did a really Perfectly nice job sure. rebounding from the, the whole Kyrie Irving situation. Getting Kemba Walker was huge, huge, huge for them. And so you have to give them credit for doing that and for being able to land a big like Cantor, who I thought showed really well, uh, last season during the playoffs. So I, I like the moves that they made, but the one thing that's always in the back of my mind when I look at the Celtics is they have, they still, have yet to really convert all of these assets they've acquired, all these trade chips. We always hear about their treasure trove of assets into that star. They haven't landed the the Anthony Davis, the Paul George, Kawhi mm-hmm. Leonard, those big, big pieces. They haven't done that yet. And maybe that's coming, okay? but they haven't done it yet. So I'm still going to go a little bit down. But again, I overall, I'm pretty impressed with what they've managed to swing this offseason, given the cards that they were dealt. Yeah, and and that that's where it's gonna be, you know, and we'll we'll see. This is this is a team I think I don't think I know fans are super excited to see. Mm-hmm. They were done with last year's team, but it's but that Milwaukee win was that last that was the last good moment, obviously, because then they lost the next four. But it was by third quarter of game two of that Buck series, Celtics fans were out there like, I just want this season to be over. Get rid of these guys. I hate this team. And now everybody's back to I like this group again. And it's you know, and it's and it's a little more fun because now they're the the expectations are off. So you're rooting for not an underdog, let's not call them that, but right. you know, a team where where you're 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 not expecting titles out of it's it's a playoff team and you know then maybe if everything goes the right way a little bit more so i think people people are excited about that i think our next team maybe their fans have <laughs> expectations but i know you and i certainly don't the phoenix suns but i'm sure you uh, bet, bet online's got some stuff going on right? absolutely man before we dive into the phoenix suns and just start throwing fire at them, which is, I guess, appropriate. But um, we got to talk a little bit about bet online. So while baseball f- season is in full swing, pace, uh, placing a wager on baseball has never been easier with all the best odds at betonline.ag. 
This week, I'm watching the Dodgers, because every week I'm watching the Dodgers, because Lakers Nation's sister side is Dodger Blue, so you guys should go check that out. Um, and I've been watching my fantasy baseball team absolutely implode. Thanks a lot, Chase Anderson, today. <laughs> Destroyed me. Um, but wait, can you believe NFL preseason is underway? To celebrate another season kickoff, BetOnline.ag and CLNS Media are giving you a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Head over to BetOnline.ag or use your mobile device to join today and use promo code CLNS50 to receive your welcome bonus. Don't sit on the sidelines this football season. Get into all the action with BetOnline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. A minimum deposit of $55 is required to qualify for the bonus. And make sure you do check out those general rules for additional terms and conditions regarding the bonuses. All right, Keith, I'm ready. You know, last time last time we did this, I was... I don't know if we were too harsh on the Suns. I don't know if that's a thing. Can we be too harsh on the Suns? But I'm ready. I still have that just complete shock over this offseason that we've seen from the Phoenix Suns. It doesn't make sense. I don't get what they're doing. And, um, yeah, let's uh, let's start taking some shots of the Phoenix Suns here. Yeah, nothing has changed for me either. And then I think if, if we're guilty of anything on this show, it's that we tend to be, I think, more too positive. About things, I don't, don't, I think just it's, it's in our nature. You and I both look for the best out of things. Yeah. Um, here, guys, if you wanted us to get negative, you're, you win today because neither one of us understands or likes very much what, what Phoenix did. But let's get into it. Uh, players that they lost. So what they lost, other than really one or two guys, who, it doesn't, whatever. Uh, Dragon Bender out the door, wasted draft pick. Well, what a blown pick that was. Jamal Crawford, cool to see Jamal Crawford doing stuff mm-hmm. at, at his age at the end of the yep. season. I hope he catches on with another team and, you know, continues to play for as long as he can. There, Troy Daniels headed over to your team uh, with the Lakers. Jimmer Fredette made another run at the NBA. It's probably, that's probably it now. Go, go make millions of dollars overseas. Lighten up Europe. Go do it. That's it. Uh, Rashawn Holmes. That's the one guy I'm thinking this, this guy can actually play. He's, he's, you know, pretty good off to the uh, Sacramento Kings. Josh Jackson and DeAnthony Melton traded in the same deal, essentially a salary dump uh, deal to get those guys off the books. Yeah, just another wasted draft pick. And DeAnthony Melton, at this time a year ago, people were talking about how this guy was the steal of the draft. He was going to be great and all these things. And I just kept going to, there's a reason this guy was picked in the second round. I don't, you know, I don't understand and, you know, things like that. So we'll see. Uh, Race Balding. Whatever he's caught on with the Hawks, he's an end of the bench guy. T.J. Warren, that's another you know decent player that they yeah. they lost. Um, we'll get into that one because that's where all the confusion started. Right. And then George King, uh, their two way guy, he he is off. He's going to play overseas next year as well. So so let's start it with T.J. Warren, uh, is because this will get us into as they started to add players. So the day of the draft, we hear the Suns are, are trading T.J. Warren with picks to the Indiana Pacers. So, all right, so the Pacers obviously probably had an understanding they were going to lose uh, Boyan Bogdanovich, and they're they're replacing, you know, essentially his minutes and production with Warren. Okay, fine. And, all right, Phoenix is clearing the decks here. They're, they're, they're starting the process. They're, they're going to they're gonna start this process of, of doing stuff. All right, I can get on board with that. I think you same boat, right, for, for you to as a, well. To a degree. Okay. I mean, I, I yeah, looked at it and thought, degree, why, yeah. why is Phoenix the team surrendering, surrendering an yeah, asset? Why are they giving yeah, up the second? I mean, TJ Warren is a, is a positive value player yeah. in my mind based on his relative to his contract. And so they gave up the it's – a, it's a minor asset as a second rounder. So sure. it's fine. If there's something coming, but 
what came this now this is where it all falls apart (laughs) then you get into what is an hour or two later or so we hear they're trading back in the draft right and picking up dario saric who i like dario saric i think he's actually going to be pretty good for them uh but there's a couple reasons i don't like that move one is you traded back in the draft like what in the world like and now unless it was now remember this is not Trevor and Keith talking about this on August 18th. I'm putting us in the mindset of June yeah. when this is all going down. It's like, all right, so maybe they know Kobe White or Darius Garland. They really need a point guard. Maybe they know that guy's going to fall and they're, they're going to pick up Sarachar. Maybe this is, is a good move. Oh, yeah. Um, if that so, happened, right? no problem. Oh, and then you're feeling, all right, well, this makes, makes mm-hmm. some sense here. And again, all right, you're trading back. You took on a little bit of money with Sarich. Uh, all right, I can, can get, get that. But then they take on money later in the draft with Aaron Baines and another pick, which they use to pick a guy who's maybe a point guard. And at this point, it's like, what, what, what are you doing? You shed money to then take on money for worse guys who don't fit as well. That are, What is this? now? So now let's get into the additions because this is where I think we can really start to get into all these pieces. So Sarge added – uh, in the draft day trade, along with Aaron Baines in a separate draft day trade. Then in the draft itself, that trade back, Cam Johnson. What in the world? This was a guy oh. half the draft people didn't even have as a first-round pick, or they had him in the mid to late 20s. And the Suns, here they are taking him in the middle of the lottery, or late lottery, I guess it was by that point. Tenth, was it, or whatever it was. They, they got him at, a, at 11. And he, 11, like, here, yeah. Here's the thing, like, uh, ages and everything, but Cam Johnson is older yeah. than Devin Booker. He's Devin Booker's been in the NBA for four years, and they took the guy. They took the one guy that's older than Devin Booker to come in and play. Like, I, hopefully, he comes in and he lights it up because yeah. you passed on Jarrett Culver, you passed on Kobe White. Look, maybe they were hoping Darius Garland would fall, and then he didn't. But you passed on some some blue chip prospects here in order to trade back and get a guy that's actually a little bit older than your star that you just signed to a huge deal. Ugh. Kate, yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> okay. no, I and, hear you. And somebody's got to pay Dario Sarge this summer. He's got to get paid. Like, he, I don't yes, know, Keith. thank I you, because that's the Sarge piece. So let's look at it just on court, because yeah. I think this is where we can be a little positive for a mm-hmm. second on this one is. I think yeah. he's a good fit alongside DeAndre Ayton. Sure. I think he'll actually be, be pretty good there. I think he's a good rebounder. He's a competitive defender, if not a good defender, but competitive. He can shoot with range a little. He does the dirty work. He's going to be a guy who's going to duck in. Uh, Ricky Rubio, who we'll talk about in a second, I yeah. think we'll find him. Kasarich is a good cutter. He knows where to be on the court. You know, he He's going to be good for them. But the reality is, let's say he's awesome. Let's say he breaks out and he's a, you know, 17 and eight guy this year and shoots the ball really well. Now you're going to have to pay him a whole crap load of money yep. when he just paid Devin Booker a whole bunch of money. And then DeAndre Aiden, that's looming out there as well and all these other things. And it's like, uh, I don't know. I would like it if Sarge was on going into year three, I'd like it a lot more. Sure. Than I do in year four, but you know, so that's, I mean, but that's your hope, right? Is that he's absolutely awesome. And then you have to pay him a whole bunch of money because then that goes. And while I think he's a good fit alongside Aiden, I don't think he's a perfect fit by any means because he's not that great of a knockdown outside shooter. So, so we'll see with that. Johnson, you better hope this guy can come in and be a rotation shooter right away because otherwise what you did here, Phoenix, makes absolutely no sense because that's just nonsensical. My only thing, and I asked a couple people about this while we're Mm. in the last week of the show to be like, am I off on this? And nobody could, could, uh, could, 
could lock it in and guarantee because they're not they're they weren't from the Suns organization. Right. But they said, yeah, maybe you're on to something. Maybe they knew because their original pick was sixth, I believe. Yeah. So maybe at that point they had pretty good intel. We all knew who one, two, and three were. Yeah. And I think they felt pretty good of who four and five were going to be. And maybe one of their guys was for certain one of those top five guys. And at that point. All right, let's trade back. Let's pick something else up. But as we said, you traded out of Kobe White. You could add Jared Culver. You could add all these other things, and we'll see where it goes. So, all right, let's keep keep going because this is a, <laughs> this, is a, this is something. So then, from Boston, Boston's looking. They didn't want to have three mm-hmm. uh, uh, first round picks, so they or four first round picks was really what it was at that point. They they uh, so they trade Ty Jerome. What the pick that became Ty Jerome. Fine, yo. Know, I guess at the end of the first round, mm-hmm. okay. I'm not sold that he's really a point guard, so we'll see with that. And then they pick up Aaron Baines. Baines will be a great backup for Aiden. He's a guy who can push Aiden daily in practice and really make him work. And you know, I think you know become something. And you know, we'll we'll see. Uh, you know, with that, but I don't. You know, neither one of those moves is a real needle mover. I think at best with Baines. You've now got a guy you can trade later in the season to True. a team that needs a center, maybe a team in Los Angeles. Um, you know, who, you know, again, let's rip the heart out of Celtics fans here and, you know, send a guy they loved in Baines <laughs> to, to LA, but he would be kind of perfect for, for the Lakers, actually. Now that I think about it. So then that now the draft is over and you hit free agency and they use essentially all their cap space to sign Ricky Rubio. Now we have all screamed and yelled for, two years the suns need a point guard the suns need a point guard the suns need a point guard mm-hmm. now they've got it feels like 10 point guards and all of them are just kind of like okay i mean i, I don't and, and i like ricky rubio enough but i don't know i don't know that he's gonna move it because i think you want you want devin booker to have the ball a lot you want him to do a lot of things i think asking him like they were last year to be james harden was going that's a bridge too far right right, right. it's yeah. a little crazy point, I think point booker good. wasn't a great idea it yeah, was it was a necessity but it's not ideal and, and that's one of those things you do when you're bad is let's find out what it does look like because right. what if it was great yeah then you feel pretty good about it so i think rubio helps there i already said i think he'll really help sarge and ayton because i think he'll deliver on time passes when they're in the right place at the right time you know get them buckets he'll help booker but eh, ricky rubio's league average point guard at best if he is really here you know it's i i just don't know that's a a big needle mover and then they re-signed kelly Oubre. okay that's that's fine that was actually a pretty good trade the contract they gave him was uh about 30 million over the next two years, uh, 15 million this year, 14 million next. Fine. You know, no, nothing, you know, big, big there. Uh, and then they made that trade where they dumped Josh Jackson. That one I'm actually fine with because I think Josh Jackson stinks. Um, I don't think he's a very good NBA player. And they, they picked up Javon Carter in that trade, who again, kind of a flyer at, point, at the point guard position. But it, after the draft, they'd signed uh, Jalen Leckway. Um, who is, you know, that's a guy a lot of people liked, you know, a lot of people thought should have been drafted. Did Tyler Johnson picked up his option? Johnson's a guy who can play the point. Now all of a sudden they've got all these point guard options because they still have Elliot Kobo. And it's like, now you went from none to all these guys, who knows? And then maybe my two favorite signings came later for them, Frank Kaminsky, 
who I actually think was pretty good for Charlotte last season and I think gives them an element that none of their other bigs do as a stretch guy, mm-hmm. a true stretch guy. And then Czech Diallo, who I think you know, might be a little bit of a steal there as just kind of an energy big who can do some stuff. But overall, this is an offseason where I just – I don't get it. And, and just to really close the books to make sure we talk about everybody, they got Jared Harper, who they're adding on a two-way. Uh, David Kramer, a uh, guy out of, I believe, Australia – um, is coming in on a camp deal. And then uh, uh, Tariq Owens, uh, who is um, Texas Tech big man, coming in on a camp deal. So that's that's basically your son's roster heading into to the season with, again, their their remaining players in the re-signed Ubre. Well, and let me let me throw this here on the Ricky Rubio thing. So I just pulled this up because this is a rumor that had been going around for a bit. Uh, Jonathan Abrams of Bleach Report looks like he was the originator of this um, Rozier mentioned that, uh, that Terry Rozier mentioned that he was going to be going to the Phoenix Suns. He thought the mm-hmm. night before free, free agency began that Terry Rozier yeah, was, just came out. Uh, yeah. yeah, that he was going to be a, a son that he expected to accept that contract. And then Michael Jordan <laughs> contacted him <laughs> and yep. got him on the phone and, and offered a bigger contract. And he went, Holy crap, it's Michael Jordan calling me here. <laughs> and so that changed everything and made him go to the, the Charlotte Hornets. So the Suns initially, they weren't even, Going for Ricky Rubio, it was Terry Rozier, and then Rubio was kind of their fallback, which I'm okay with. They need a point guard. He's a veteran. He's a guy who can at least organize an offense. He takes that pressure off of Devin Booker. I think his strengths sort of help Booker a little bit in that that Rubio is a pretty good defender when he's healthy, and and so Booker doesn't have to work as hard on that end of the floor. Uh, On the flip side, Rubio isn't a great shooter, but Booker is, so they can kind of work together like that. So I'm actually okay with with the Rubio move. But looking at the the rest of this, um, the the TJ Warren move didn't make a whole lot of sense to me. Why are you giving up a guy who actually just proved that he can be a three point shooter and yeah, possibly finally. be a small ball four, which is kind of what you want next to uh, next to DeAndre Eaton, just to bring on these other contracts, especially a guy like Saric who maybe can kind of do those things and, and he can play a little bit more as an initiator. So that's that's a good thing, but. Uh, but you're going to have to pay him next summer. You're probably going to have to pay him more if he does well. You're going to have to pay him more than than you paid T.J. Warren. So yeah. to me, that's that's an issue there. And then I mean, look, losing Dragon Bender, who is what top five all time NBA names, first of all, but unfortunately doesn't <laughs> equate it doesn't uh, equal that with his play. And Josh Jackson, two number four picks that you just lost for basically nothing. In fact, you can say the Suns kind of had to. You- Lost Mike, our, our Marquise Chris. Right. Too, yeah. And gave him away for nothing. Like, they, yeah, those are just lottery pick after lottery pick just thrown away. Now, let's be fair. They were not James Jones's picks, right? True. So, yeah. so I'm going to give James Jones the benefit of the doubt here that it is, he's clearing the decks. It's much like, uh, Sean Marks when he went to Brooklyn. Mm hmm. Deserve the benefit of the doubt of you can't hold the, you know, what is it? Sins of the father against the son or whatever right. that is. It's, you know, get rid of that. That's all, you know, sunk costs, water under the bridge. I got to move on. I can only move things forward, but good grief. I mean, that's just, you know, you, you wonder why this team has been so bad for so long now. And it's been two, two things I think have held them back is one draft miss after draft miss other than Booker. That's the only one that has really panned out and looked good. And I think Aiden's going to be good too. Oh, yeah. So let's, you know, hope, but, but one year in. And then putting all their eggs in these free agent chases that were never really likely to pan out. LaMarcus Aldridge being the one that still sticks with me was yeah. we're getting LaMarcus Aldridge. When they brought in Chandler. Yeah, they, they paid all that money to Tyson Chandler to bring him in first to then get Aldridge, and then that didn't pan out. And it just – it feels like they're kind of – it's like they're like a hamster in a wheel, but it's like yeah. – 
that but the hamster never gets off and realizes like this thing's not going anywhere it's just let's keep doing the same sort of stuff so it's just it, it, it's really tough i think I, i'm with you i'm not going to hate on the rubio signing too too much because right. i do think he makes some sense for them i just don't think he's a big enough needle mover i think no. in some ways i would have liked rogier a little bit better because i think he fits with the timeline of the rest of the guys on the roster a little better uh there but as far as on-court impact, it's probably about the same would be my guess. Well, and here, here's the other thing. When we were talking about Cam Johnson and you said their hope is that he can come in right away and be and be this gunner off their bench and do things immediately as he, as he hits the ground running, I thought, who the hell cares if he can go in and do it right away if his ceiling isn't anywhere near as high as guys yeah. like, like Culver and these other players? The Suns aren't trying to win right now, or at least they shouldn't be trying to win yeah. right now. They should be trying to add pieces. It should be about upside now look maybe cam johnson proves us wrong maybe he turns into the next great shooter i hope that happens that's always my take whenever i i am gonna trash a move i hope that i'm proven wrong because i like to see guys succeed but it's just it's a strange situation and and i always i go back to this and i mentioned this on our on our infamous lost show now uh you know i one of the other sports that i follow is soccer and i follow the mls because i grew up playing soccer and i and so that they really captured me as a kid growing up that i had an mls team just a few miles away they were training uh, their training grounds were. So th- I was really into that. And so I still follow the LA Galaxy. And they just made a move to land Christian Pavone um, from uh, Boca Juniors. And in order to do that, they had to part with uh, Ima Boateng, who was a fan favorite, had a nice contract, all of these great things. And they had to pretty much just give him away. They just they had another team, DC United, paid for him. And so on the surface, you look at just that move and you go, oh, that one, that one stings. You know, you gave away a good player and and now you give them to a rival and and all of that sort of stuff but it was to pave the way for another move that that overall moves you closer to potentially contending because you landed mm-hmm. a better player you improved your team when i look at the suns i don't think they did that they they traded tj warren they gave him away they parted with all these former number 4 overall picks and i don't see that progression forward from it it's like they just they just kind of took the pain from those deals and now they're still kind of stuck right where they were no, I'm with you. And, and I think part of that, I think this leads into our our conversation we can have about how we see the rotation and the roster yeah, kind of shaking out here because this is where it also gets messy to me is because I think there's too much overlap at spots on this roster mm-hmm. where, you know, as much as, you know, I said, and I think you're there as well, let's hope Cam Johnson proves us wrong and is really good. Where's he even going to get minutes? And the reason why is, so let's talk, talk right. the rotation locks, I think for sure are DeAndre Ayton, yep. Dario Sarge, mm-hmm. uh, Devin Booker, and Ricky Rubio right. is the starting st- four of the five starters. That fifth starter, I think you could make a case for Kelly Oubre yeah. easily or for um, Mikhail Bridges. Yeah. I tend to think they might go with Bridges with Oubre kind of being you're the score to carry the second unit. We're going to let you have the ball a lot. We're going to let you do a lot of things. But I do think probably now – in the last episode, you convinced me, so sorry if I'm stepping on you here. No worries. But, you know, I think Ubre probably does start the season as a starter. But now now let's just – before we even get into anybody else. So that's Ubre, Booker, your two wings there. Mm-hmm. Then you've got Bridges. There's your third wing. Right. Now, now you've got guys like Johnson, Ty Jerome. Those guys all need need minutes. Yeah, you could say Jerome's a point guard, but then where does that leave guys like Javon Carter, or, uh, Jalen Leckway, or those kind of guys? That all starts to to add up to, and I'm just making sure I'm not missing any names, and I'm not. Is um, you know what what happens there? Because on the best teams, 
you really only have have room for it's your your two starting wings, your starting point guard, and then maybe a swing guy who can play both. Maybe that's Tyler Johnson, mm-hmm. and then then one more wing. So now all of a sudden, I think Cam Johnson is just going to be a fight to even get minutes, and that's fine if he's nineteen or twenty. But this is a guy who's what twenty three. It's like, do we, what are we going to make him fight for minutes for two years? And now he's in, you know, into where a lot of these guys are on their second contract already. So that just starts to become a mess. The bigs, Aiden and Sarge definitely start, I think, backed up by Baines and Kaminsky. Right. I, that's that's fine. That's actually a fairly good. It's not bad. Uh, big rotation. I think behind Rubio, it's just a mixed bag of mm-hmm. guys. Carter, Jerome, Johnson, uh, Akobo maybe can can get things turned around. Maybe Lekway steps up and they, they're willing to go with him. So so we'll see. It's, uh you know, it's just, I don't know. It just leaves me kind of feeling like, uh, I'd like it. It's weird to say this. I'd like it better if there was one or two less guys in that group and everybody yeah. had a little bit more of a clear defined role. So I'm not sure you're, I think I stole your spot there with Uber <laughs> over bridges. No, you're, you're good. I, I did have Uber over, over bridges, but I, I agree as far as their rotation goes. I think their big rotation is okay. But other than that, I think that's where this team really runs into, into problems. Cause you look at their starting yeah. five, you go, okay, Rubio, Booker, Uber or bridges. Uh, Sarge and Aiden. That's that's not bad, right? Especially if Aiden takes a leap forward this year. Look, Aiden's biggest problem, and I said this last time, Aiden's biggest problem is his name isn't Luka Doncic, right? Because yep. people are always going to compare the two because Aiden went number one. I think he's a better player than he gets credit for because of that. So I think he's a he's a solid guy that can really come in and, and improve from last season. So that starting five isn't bad. That starting five can give just about anybody a run for their money. The problem is when they go to the bench. Um, yep. When you in your bigs, okay, but it's the wings, it's the guards. That's where they're going to really struggle. And this is a team that is not set up to absorb any kind of injuries. If you nope. if you have an injury to any one of those starters, with the exception of maybe Ubre, because you could slide Bridges in there, I think there's a noticeable drop-off, especially, I mean, look, Sarge to Kaminsky, there's a drop there. Aiton to Baines, much as I like Baines, he can, maybe, he can plug in for a little bit, but still, overall, there's a drop there, um, which is, you know, normal with a bench player, but still... I don't feel like this team can sustain any major injuries and still move forward. So I don't see them having a great season. And um, maybe that kind of leads us into what was my big shock oh last God, time we did, yeah. we did this is when we got into the, <laughs> the over-under because that was, oh, mind-blowing. Yeah, so let, let's see if we can replicate it here. A little okay. won't be as much of a surprise. I checked. It's exactly the same as it was a week ago in the lost episode. So this team won 19 games a year ago. They were terrible. And now right. some of that 19 came because they shut Booker down. They 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 went into tank mode at the end. That's mm-hmm. fine. Let's let's be fair and let's say maybe they were more like a 22 win team or something like that. Their over under is 29 and a half. That means to win that bet, you have to believe this team's 11 games better than last season. That's insane to me. That is the stupidest one on the board that I can imagine. So Unbelievable. go to Bet Online, yeah. go to UCLNS50, put down a whole bunch of money, get the 50, 50% uh, percent bonus, and then go throw it all on the Suns under. Because I can't imagine this team pushes for 30 wins. Not in the There's West. no way. If they're, in the, the, West, if they're yeah. in the East, maybe. Maybe. Maybe, maybe. if they're in, in the East. East. Yeah, and that's a maybe. In the yeah, West, just, there's no nights off. Well, there's there's two nights off. The, the, the game that you play the Suns and the game that you play the Memphis Grizzlies. And the yeah. Suns can't play themselves. So nope. that means almost every single game against a Western Conference team, they are the underdog. And most nights against an Eastern Conference team. They're going to be the underdog. I don't see this yeah. team hitting 30 wins. There's, 
I mean, look, strange things have happened, right? We've seen it in the NBA. Some teams have have overachieved. Some teams have underachieved. That's sports. That's the way it goes. So it's not completely out of the realm of possibility, but I'd say it's unlikely that this winds up being a 31 team. Yeah, I, I can't see any possible way that happens. Again, I think they, them and the Grizzlies are, as you said, dumb in the same boat. I think they are the two worst teams in the Western Conference. I don't think it's close. I think mm-hmm. all other 13 teams, you can make a reasonable case for why you think they could be a playoff team. Those two teams, I don't think, will be anywhere near the playoffs. And for Memphis, it's because they're obviously kicking off what myself I believe to be a long overdue uh, rebuild and you know so that is what it is and that's fine and I think they know that the Suns though I, I think in the, and it's not the Suns fault that that people are putting them at a 30 win pace this year but but I'm seeing Suns fans who are like I think we can be a playoff team and they're putting up these comparisons there's there's this group of them that both on real GM and on Twitter yep compare them to the Utah Jazz and like we're not any worse than the Jazz and I'm like yes, is it like are we like what are we doing what world are we living in here this is like one of those uh, Marvel comics alternate universe things where it's like <laughs> what happened like like I don't understand so yeah I just I don't I think they're going to be awful I, I think they'll struggle to win 20 games I think that's yeah. a great reference I think it would take an infinity stone for this team to win 30 yeah. games, for this team to make the playoffs that's that's what they yeah. would need this we're probably the reality stone in yeah, order right. to yeah, warp reality and, and allow them win 30, 30 <laughs> yeah. games. Yeah, I just don't get it. We, we can close it out with our, our thumbs up, thumbs down. I'm giving them two thumbs down. Yeah, really, that's, really that's bad. A, just yeah, yeah, I just – awful. I can't I, – I don't know. I, I And again, I hope I'm wrong. I hope these guys are awesome. By all means, go draft Devin Booker for your fantasy teams because yes. he's probably going to – I think he might win the scoring title. Big, big stats think, on a bad team. Yeah, and I, th- I think Rubio will help him get a mm-hmm. bunch of buckets that he couldn't get other otherwise last year. But I think, you know, other than that, there's not much here. You know, if I'm a Suns fan, I'm tuning in to watch Booker do Booker stuff. Aiton's improvement. Mm-hmm. Hopefully Sarge blows up. And then Bridges hopefully develops. And after that, I don't really care about the rest of it. It is, you know, what it is. Yeah. I mean, look, there's this team. There's a path to this team being somewhat exciting if they can just play crazy fast pace and let Ricky Rubio go and fling passes all over the place and and Booker do Booker things and and all that kind of stuff. And if Aiton improves and, you know, there's they could be an interesting team. It won't be pretty, but they could be at least an interesting team to watch. But yeah, uh, and I guess one thing we need to throw in here is the the coaching change. We haven't talked about that yet. Monty Monty Williams, there's the potential there that he could. And maybe that's the, the secret here of why they're. They've got this 10-game improvement because people believe Monty Williams is going to change the culture. Um, I'll, I'll believe it when I see it. But, I mean, hey, he's a, he's a good coach. He's certainly not going to hurt them at this point. I'll believe it when I see it. I'll believe it when I see that he's allowed to. I'll believe True. it when I see James Jones is allowed to. I want to see all these things. But this is a thing where, as you said, yeah, I need to see it first. It may be next, may, maybe when we're kind of talking about at the end of the year where we thought these teams would be, maybe we're both eating a little bit of crow and saying, all right, I can see now the path forward. I still don't think there's any way this is a playoff team, but maybe they're, maybe they do push 30, 32 wins or something like that. And you're saying, all right, I can see this now. I've, you know, eight and 10 takes that next step booker adds that kind of final piece to you'll know, be a you know for sure uh all-star and those kind of things and th- there's one other thing that i thought is kind of big that's been been kind of sticking with me is if devin booker is this good oh yeah everybody dropped out of team usa this year yeah why is he not there 
Like that doesn't, something's not connecting there for me. And now maybe Devin Booker didn't want to, maybe it never got reported because Devin Booker made it clear early on. I don't want to, I don't know. I hope that's what the answer is, but, but there is something there for me where I'm like, Hmm, something, something's going on there. Cause that, that there's something weird with that with when every other young guy was at least part of the select team, you know, he's not there. That uh, it just kind of stood out to me as something seems off. Well, yeah, I mean, like the the media coverage of the Suns is obviously a lot quieter than anything sure. anything else around the league, just about any other team around the league. So it's it would be easier for something like that to fly under the radar or perhaps not get reported at all. I mean, there's there's a number of players who could be there for Team USA that aren't. You know, you look at you know, hey, D'Angelo Russell, and I don't know if anything yeah. came out on him, but he's another one that pops into my mind. Devin Booker, um, these kinds of players that that maybe should be included, certainly given the players that are out there right now probably should be sure. included, but um, but not. And the other thing is, when are we going to be on Devin Booker trade, requ- trade request watch? Because it feels like that's going to be, if the Suns don't get their act together at some point, and maybe it's by next summer, I mean, is he going to start looking elsewhere? Could that be, be it's something? It's going to happen. Know? Yeah, we, we know, and this is not a knock on the Suns. Uh, this is not a knock on the Timberwolves, but guys like Booker, Carl Anthony Towns, those guys, they, those teams don't start winning regularly. It's just how it goes. Mm-hmm. You know, and you, you and I are fortunate to be, uh, people who cover big market teams who are generally on the other side of those things of they're the ones that are going to benefit from a player like that. But it's, that's just, that's the life in the NBA. Right. Now, on the flip side, you can be – you have teams like the Oklahoma City Thunder who put it together and put the right pieces in place and then they win and win big and win big for a very long time and they stay together. You have the Spurs who are, you know, sports. I, I don't even – it's sports, ultimate winning machine. Right. You know, in sports, they just they, – they never lose and no matter what happens. And spoiler, I won't be picking them to lose again this year like I did last year and look like an idiot. <laughs> um, I'll be too – I'll be – now I've decided I'm going to be a year too late on that one rather than a year too early but it is yeah it's it's coming with devin booker and i know people are well he just signed a contract big deal that doesn't mean anything anymore no maybe we see these guys don't even make it sometimes yeah. to these extensions uh, before they're i want to go paul, so paul george yeah, only had a paul year george, under his belt on, on that contract yeah. and he said hey yeah. i'd like to go somewhere else that's it yeah so so we'll see where it goes but yeah mm-hmm. let's the let's close it yep. with a you know lighter note prove us wrong you know go out there and kill it and you know hopefully we're coming back here and we feel like man this is you know we we were wrong and i'll be happy to be so absolutely that's that's the thing right when we're when we're ripping a team for their moves and everything like that i i enjoy it a heck of a lot more when i get to come back later and say i was wrong they're better than i thought then when we're praising a team and then things don't go their way and we have to come back and say i was wrong they're worse than i thought i'd much rather i'd much rather say this team proved me wrong this team did these these things great and celebrate their success because that's you know, like I, I tend to want to be more positive with teams. So I, I, I hope that the Suns okay. do put the, I hope they win 35 games. I hope they figure out just not against the Lakers. I, I hope they, I hope <laughs> they figure out a way. I hope they make a playoff push. You know, that'd be uh, fine. Yeah, why, why you not? You know, I'd, yeah. I'd like to see them successful. Just if I'm being yep. real, I don't like the moves that they made this summer. Hopefully it works yep. out for them, but I don't know. All right. All right. Well, why don't we call it a wrap there? Um, up next, since we already spun the wheel, really, we did it on our, our last show. So we already know who it is that's coming up. It's going to be the Cleveland Cavaliers, the Dallas Mavericks, and the New York Knicks coming up on our next show. So you guys have that to look forward to. Please make sure you go rate, review, and subscribe to this show over on Apple Podcasts. Really helps us out. We appreciate those ratings coming in. And uh, Keith, any final thoughts before we get out of here? 
Yeah, they're rate, rate and review. Tell mm-hmm. a friend. Tell, tell everybody we're going to be here every week, barring a, a technical catastrophe. <laughs> uh, we, we've got some cool stuff lined up for the kind of season preview-ish. More, this is more looking back and mm-hmm. breaking down the offseason with a little mix of season preview. But we're going to get some team experts in, especially for those teams you all are really interested in hearing about. So please tell a friend. Please rate and review. If you're looking for me, you can find me on Twitter at KeithSmithNBA. You can find my rib mark at Yahoo Sports real gm and celtic specific coverage over at celtics blog and you know just it's 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 we're we're getting through this and we're we're excited this uh this next one should be should be fun with uh cleveland didn't do a whole heck of a lot but dallas and new york uh, both did stuff and yet another one where they're linked so that'll be fun to talk that in the next episode yep for sure and if you want to follow me go find me at trevor underscore lane on twitter and you can find my work at lakersnation.com till next time see ya